Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. Registration is now open for SEJ Summit 2017. Taking place May 11th at Chicago's Navy Pier, we'll have leading speakers in digital marketing, SEO, social media, and more. Use code NERD for $50 off any ticket type. Learn more at our website, searchenginejournal.com. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my model? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. everyone, welcome to an SCJ Marketing Think Tank webinar. I'm so excited to uh, join you today. My name is Kelsey Jones. I'm the executive editor at Search Engine Journal. And today we are getting an awesome presentation from Lauren Baker. He is the founder of SCJ and the co-founder of Foundation Digital. And he's going to be talking about link building for boring industries. Lauren, thanks so much for uh, joining us. No problem. Pleasure to be here. Let's talk about link building. And then uh, also I just want everyone to know that I love link building, in case you didn't see the third bullet underneath my two companies. Uh, that's not the name of a company, although I should probably go. Uh, get that <laughs> a fan club. <laughs> yeah, I just love it. So I love talking about it. Um, like I said, we had a lot of people say, hey, you know, this, these examples that you've given are great, that these larger companies have done, or that you've done at SEJ, but what about my own industry and my own quote-unquote boring industry that I have challenges um, getting links in, right? So I thought about that for a while, and I really thought about how I got started in SEO and some of the first, well, not just SEO, but overall internet marketing. And a lot of the initial clients that I first worked on and, and, and some industries that I still work within um, were pretty challenging at the time and um, almost uh, you know, boring at the time as well or kind of boring products. So let's look at this list of uh, different um, products and or services I have worked on or worked on when I first got started in SEO. Um, my first largest account was a check company. So back before debit cards became a thing, people used to actually write checks almost everywhere they went, the grocery store, wherever um, you were going to go shopping, et cetera, et cetera. So I started working with a check printing company, the one of the companies that typically when you get your Sunday paper in the coupon section, you'll see a thing of where you can reorder your checks, right? Cheaper than the bank and you can personalize it. So not only do they have like this example of a check right here, which is not, it, it, that's pretty boring. That's about as boring as things can get. But they also have like teddy bear checks and WWF checks. So um, really what I had to do was to think out of the side of the box at the time to put together campaigns that would result in sites picking them up, sites linking to them, what they could do differently from their competition. You know, luckily, like I said, they did have a line of wrestling checks. So, you know, I would reach out to 
wrestling fan sites and WWF fan sites and just ask for a link back or not even ask for a link back but just introduce them this product and, and ask how we can get in front of their audience and I, and I really do think that you know that's one aspect of marketing that gets lost in the world of link building and trying to get all the links you can to rank in SEO is building relationships and introducing the product um, because typically the link is a result of good marketing, good relationship building, good outreach, right? It's not just something that you get. You don't just build a link. It's, it's a result of something that you've done well. So we would reach out to a ton of different sites that um, weren't necessarily check-related. They weren't necessarily finance-related, but they were relevant to the types of licensed checks that they offered. Um, at the same time, one of my first clients was in plastics fabrication, so they basically made plastic molding. Um, again, I've had people reach out to us at SEJ during the webinar specifically about plastics fabrication. One of the ways that we built links to them was by encouraging them to start their own industry newsletter. And industry, well, it was a newsletter at the time, now it would be considered a blog, writing about the plastic fabrication industry. Um, really helped because they had a lot of people within their industry and partners linked back to them. Beauty schools, um, they're not necessarily boring, but a lot of people for some reason find them challenging. We've been able to take a chain of beauty schools with eight locations in the state of Texas and turn them into a national competitor where they're outranking um, all of the Vida Sassoon and all of the larger uh, beauty schools across the country um, for numerous terms, not only in their geolocations, but also uh, more or less globally. Uh, fish oil, so um, that's kind of boring. Uh, so fish oil, vitamins, supplements, etc., etc. Were one of, one of the first projects I worked on uh, was for a very large vitamin company, and we launched a site called VitaminUniversity.com, uh, which now redirects. I think this was years ago, but to build awareness um, around utilizing vitamins and. Uh, this was specifically targeted towards uh, pharmacists and doctors that could recommend different vitamins, maybe their brand, and gutters. So, um, again, you see here there are a number of uh, industries that aren't the uh, most glorious, glamorous in the world, but there are ways to uh, build links to them. And I'm going to go over some examples today. First, let me tell you about my gutter story. And no, this is not a hitting rock bottom type story. This is a revelation that happened to me in the world of gutters. So one of my first clients, they did gutter helmets or gutter guards. And we had set up their site and we noticed that, you know, we found an opportunity where their competition was not necessarily producing content or blogging or writing articles. And we didn't have it in the contract to be able to do that, right? So my um, account rep at the uh, gutter company, uh, I also did their PPC and um, paid advertising and everything else. He would call me every day and we'd go over the AdWords account again early on. So it was like one of those things where you just talk to the client every day, go over everything, how are leads coming in, how to click the rates, et cetera, et cetera. So he'd call me every day and talk my ear off. Um, we'd go over stats for about 10 minutes and then he'd talk, tell me some crazy gutter story or some crazy story about how they're getting leads or whatever for the next 50 minutes of the billable call, right? 
So one day I'm like, you know, Andy, why don't you guys just launch an article part of your site and we can publish all these all this information about gutters. And he's like, man, I don't know who would be able to write about gutters. I don't know who would be able to blog. What am I going to write about gutters with, right? And I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, this guy calls me every day talking about gutters. So what I started doing was every time he would call, I would make a bulleted list of every, sorry, there's a doorbell ringing here, of every story and, and every, um, Thing that he would tell me about these gutter stories. Typically, that people would fall off of roofs, um, so they should get their their, uh, their gutters redone, so they don't go out there and clean it themselves. That um, they they specifically targeted people that had pools because they're always cleaning leaves out of their pools, um, and that was top of mind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what I did was I wrote all of that down, and I talked to a copywriter about using the uh, bullet points that were in my outline to be able to produce articles. And I sent him all these articles and he, and he was like, hey, where'd you get all these ideas from? I'm like, I got them from you, right? So point being is that even though you may think that your topic matter is boring, it may not be. It's, all, it's, it's only a challenge that you're holding yourself to. So when we went out and we polled, um, SEJ uh, social media fans, we found that the bulk of you had challenges in the plumbing industry, the air conditioning industry, legal, carpets and home repair, finance, real estate, and other industries. So as I said earlier, speaking of industries, um, the most popular industry out there, at least that we heard from a lot of you um, about on social media was plumbing, right? And this was coming up a lot. Uh, plumbing, plumbing, and um, maybe drainage, a lot of home service oriented uh, industries are coming up. So what I've done is, the way I've crafted this presentation today is that the bulk of say the next 60% um, or so of the presentation is gonna focus on plumbing. But I'm going to be bringing up a lot of opportunities that are great for you if you're in any of the home service, real estate, uh, localized uh, law, or um, you know personal injury lawyer, et cetera, et cetera, spaces. And the ideas that I'm going over in plumbing, you should be able to apply to those industries as well. Also, I'll be uh, looking at some of the other most popular industries that came in and giving some examples of what I think are really, really good work done by smaller local um, companies and also um, some ideas across the board. So let's talk about plumbing, all right? It was the most requested boring industry. Uh, however, everyone needs a plumber and 99% of houses, or probably 99.9% .9 of houses, have toilets or have plumbing. Uh, my great-grandmother's house didn't have a toilet, by the way. There was an outhouse outside, which was really interesting, but now it has one because a plumber came and put one in. Um, and plumbing is very localized. Another thing I found out that it was that a lot of people think that this is a boring industry, but Ozzy Osbourne used to be a plumber. Ozzy Osbourne was a plumber when Black Sabbath were recording their first albums. That's how he made money at the time, I guess. And also the most popular video game character ever, uh, Mario, in terms of global sales, 
is also a plumber, right? So maybe plumbing is not as boring as a lot of folks think. And if I was working on a plumbing project right now, or if I were you, thinking about ideas and content that you can do on the plumbing side, when I was doing the research on famous plumbers, I found a lot of lists out there that are text-oriented, but I really didn't see this visualized much. So what I think one opportunity right there is for someone to put together a video or a slideshow or maybe an infographic on famous plumbers, right? Not only as a way to distribute and get links back to your plumbing company, your plumbing site, but really maybe as a way for you to recruit people or keep them in your industry. Um, another thing that I also thought was interesting looking at a lot of these examples was that it really reminded me of uh, Mike Rowe and Dirty Works and, and how um, kind of highlighting some of the more um, crazy stuff about the industry could be helpful to you from a linking perspective. So I'll go over that as well. First off, if you are a localized business in terms of you have an address or you have a franchise or there's a chain of four or five locations. If you are not currently managing your local listings and local citations, then you're dropping the ball from day one. And this is not the most uh, not, not, not the most exciting way to get links, but a lot of people will utilize a tool like Yext or Whitespark or there's a ton of them out there, um, to manage their local listings. So your Google, uh, my business listing, your Facebook listing, Foursquare, eLocal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all within one dashboard. Now what you may not know is that most of these listings or a good amount of these listings do offer the ability to link back to your site, um, to either link back, sometimes it's organic, sometimes it's a no-follow, sometimes it's a tracking URL, but, not only do you have the benefit of getting links back to your site and customers back to your site, but there's an SEO value there, right? Also, typically what people will search things like best plumbers in Santa Clarita or best plumbers in Kansas City, and they don't always see plumbing sites pop up. What do they see? They see Yelp. They see Yahoo Local. They see other review sites popping up. So if you're not part of that group, you're losing business right then and there. But let's get back to linking. So first, I would say explore different offerings like Yext and Whitespark, because not only can you manage your local listings, but an offering like Whitespark will identify various classifieds and local directories for you to be able to list yourself in and get a link back to you. If your competition is not doing that, you're already one step ahead of them, right? Um, also, check out chamberofcommerce.com. Uh, I've known the people behind, behind that company for a long time. Uh, they have localized sections, directories, you can add your business, et cetera, et cetera. That's not your local chamber of commerce. It's a, more of a global business directory with resources. You can also contribute content to it, which I'll get into in a second. Also, do some local searches, right? So just by going to Google, I live in Santa Clarita, by the way. Uh, home of the Santa Clarita Diet, the new hottest show on Netflix. So you'll have an idea of where I live if you watch that show. Anyway, if I go to local uh, Google and I search for Santa Clarita classifieds, suddenly I get all of these different classifieds and business sites that are popping up where I can list my business. And those businesses may not be part of Whitespark or Yext, 
But as you see, we're looking at step one, step two, step three. And again, if your competition is not doing this and you're not doing it, first of all, you're losing out. Secondly, once you get it done, you're ahead of them. So step one, get these done. Um, incredibly important. Step two, I was talking about blogging earlier, right, and creating content. So just like my gutter client had told me that um, there was no content available out there in the world of gutters, right, uh, and I showed them that you can not only create content but publish it and get rankings because of it, in the world of plumbing, there's also a lot of content out there. First of all, there's a lot of plumbing sites, um, national plumbing sites, which accept guest posts. So if you're a large enough company to have someone on your team that can write for you, um, that's fantastic. But if you're not, you might want to look for maybe a freelance writer that can just start with a handful of blog posts, right? Three or four blog posts around crazy ideas around plumbing, and we'll get into some of those soon. And then you can find a lot of these sites, and you can submit your posts or sign up to be a blogger on these sites. And these are national plumbing sites. Some of them are B2B, some of them are consumer-oriented, but people are finding these sites, and your content being there doesn't just link back to you and help you from an SEO perspective, but just like with the Yelp and the other pages, there's a ch chance that when someone is searching, they'll find your article on these high-authority sites, get to know you, and link back to you. Also, another thing I found, specifically looking on the localized thing, is that if you even go to Google and search for a term like Dallas Home Bloggers, like how easy is that? You get a list of all of these local Dallas-oriented sites, which a lot of them also are looking for guest posts, right? So the first example I have here is the Dallas Young Professionals Club, and they open up guest posts to people that are looking to contribute uh, businesses in the area, that are looking to contribute tips, whether it's on specific plumbing, plumbing for commercial, how you grew your business, case studies are a great way to get links. And then also, here's an example from the Dallas Moms blog, a lot of the content is very Dallas, home, and event specific. And like I said earlier, all homes need plumbing. So if you can go in there and craft your content, not necessarily go in there and try to spam them and get links, but craft your content to their audience. There's all kinds of opportunities from a guest blogging perspective. Likewise, um, looking across the board, here are some excellent examples that we found. So I'm starting off with some broad strokes and, and then getting into the pinpointing a little bit here. So what we have is like Howl's, I guess that's how you pronounce it, and Home Talk. Uh, they're two very house design oriented sites where they are looking for professionals like you to be able to upload your content, typically on the visual side, right? But <clears throat> uh, blog posts that have large photos, things that would work well on their Pinterest accounts, whatever, they're totally open to that. The links there are usually no follow, but again, they are links to your site that people can click on, find your business, et cetera, et cetera. Also, there's a high chance if that you're a contributor to these sites that your business profile is going to rank high from these sites. So if people are making that decision on who to hire and they search for your brand name, They'll probably see your profile on Home Talk, and they'll probably be like, "Hey, look, Joe's Plumbing. 
Um, they're on Home Talk. They know what they're talking about. I want to work with these people. Uh, another similar uh, site is called the Home Source. That's actually owned by Home Advisor, which is a, um, a lead gen company for plumbers and carpet and all kinds of home services. Again, a great place for you to be able to distribute your content and get a link. Write a blog post about the importance of um, making sure your garbage disposal is clean or not throwing cherry stems in the garbage disposal. Take some pictures, put it on, submit it to home source. Chances are it's going to get approved if it's great content. I'll link back to you. And again, you're positioning yourself as being an expert in your field. Other sites, um, Remodelaholic. Plumbing is such a huge component of remodeling. And then like if I'm calling in someone to, to replace my bathtub, I gotta turn off my house uh, water. If I live in a condo, I have to let the condo property manager know that I'm gonna turn, get it turned off because there's a whole floor that works on that water main or something like that, right? So there's little tips that you can put in there as a plumber that you know that are very important. You don't want someone to get in trouble for turning off their water in their condo, so make sure they know about that. On the bottom, pinkiesplumbing.com. Stinky Plumbing, Pinky's Coming. What a great site. They also offer guest blogger, um, guest blogging ops. And what I like about sites like these is, as you can see, Pinky's Plumbing is based in one specific area. Not sure where that is, maybe Pennsylvania or something like that. But if they're in Pennsylvania, they don't market to the rest of the US, right? So there's no harm in you reaching out to them, contributing a post, um, asking for that to be placed on their site and then linking back to you. It doesn't hurt them, it helps you. Maybe you can do the same thing in return. If you're not going across state lines, um, why restrict yourself <clears throat> to working with people in other locations? So again, point being, there's a lot of blogs out there, including the one at the bottom right-hand corner. HGTV celebrities are running a blog looking for guest blogging. You're a plumber. You're in carpeting, you're in HVAC, air conditioning, whatever it is, these are all opportunities for you. Funny viral resourceful content. Okay, so um, warning, <laughs> this, uh, some of this might be a little bit gross, but it's plumbing, right? So there are a number of viral pieces that I've seen out there shared over the years. One of my friends, uh, Marcus Tandler from Germany, was one of the first to do this. Um, he, it was he put together a piece on a site that was all about funny urinals from all over the US. Uh, that was shared, it went hot on dig, it was shared all over the place, he got lots of links back, etc., etc., etc. Funny things like instructions, how to sit on a toilet. How funny is that, right? We all pretty much know how to sit on a toilet. Um, that's funny stuff. You can use this in your content as a plumber. You can put together directions on how to use, you know, the bathroom, whatever. Yes, it's toilet humor, but we're talking about plumbing. Again, at the bottom, garbage disposals. I found out the hard way that you're not supposed to throw cherry stems or eggshells in the garbage disposal. What a great post to put together as a plumber to distribute out there. Um, people also have uh, uh, drainage clogs with hair, uh, ways to open up your garbage disposal with a Coke can, um, how to read and use a Japanese toilet. Again, great stuff, great material. I see stuff like this shared all the time on social media. If you're a plumber, why can't you do it yourself, right? It's good, good material. Also, go to Google. Uh, look and search for plumbing infographic. I love infographics. 
They get picked up all the time, been doing it for years. We've made them better and better and better over time. Loggers love them. You can send them embed codes, a little bit of content. Chances are they'll pick them up. You're basically providing them with content. So just go to Google and search for plumbing infographic or air conditioning infographic or a carpet repair infographic, whatever it may be. What you're going to get is a great selection of different examples um, across the board of what people have done in the past. And what's good about this is then you can look at all of the different blogs and sites that have picked up other plumbing infographics, right, and put them in your outreach list. Because you know that those bloggers and those writers, uh, first of all, they must love plumbing infographics, and secondly, they're more open to publishing. Um, and what we'll do is we'll send out a link to some other SEJ posts and past webinars that I've done on infographic outreach. That can be really helpful uh, to you if you include this as being part of your strategy. Uh, one example I found looking at this list was a piece that Mr. Reuter did about bathroom astrology that basically says that your, um, your zodiac sign can define how uh, your bathroom habits are, right? And this was picked up by the Huffington Post, one of the top you know, news websites out there, AOL property, et cetera, et cetera, um, by one of their typical writers, not a guest writer, but a typical Huffington Post reporter. Got a lot of shares, got a lot of inbound links, and I'm sure Mr. Reuter was very happy to get their um, bathroom astrology infographic featured there. Uh, likewise, um, I noticed that after it was featured on Huffington Post, someone at Cosmopolitan they wrote about the same content but didn't link to the infographic, uh, which is a different story. But it's proof that um, this kind of content gets sticky. Then also, once you put together your infographic, there's great sites like Design Taxi and Infographic Journal, um, owned by David and Irma Wallace, a great SEO people, that if you submit your infographic to them and it's um, pretty good design content, they'll link to you. And at the end of the day, it's an authority link. So you know that even if you don't get some of the larger bloggers um, picking it up, that some of the infographic sites and design sites out there may link back to you, so then you know it's worth your overall while. PR. Okay, so a while back, I had hired someone, um, this dude named Mark Hernandez, who lives in uh, Santa Clarita here, to do paperwork uh, at my house. And when I was doing research, this really stuck out, and to this day, I still remember this. When I was doing research for him, um, I didn't really find much on Yelp, but I found two interviews on YouTube that he had done with a local radio station, right? Uh, so to this day, I just, I just have that in my head. Like this guy that did my pay, I tell everybody because my house, this guy did my papers, he was on the radio station and I show them the video and they all think I'm crazy. But point being is that by taking advantage of local opportunities and press and public relations and your community, you can build links as well. So in this case, I went to hometownstation.com, KHTS, the same station that Mark was on, and I looked for plumbers that had done the same exact thing. And for every YouTube interview or really uh, radio interview that they do, they, they put it on YouTube and they put it in on their blog as well well and link back to the company. That's great PR. That's basic marketing at the end of the day. You're on the radio, you're on the website, you're on YouTube, and it links back to you. Great, great uh, stuff and something that I think most of you, if you look at your local AM radio station or your town's local radio station, 
there's probably opportunities where they invite local businesses on there. Take advantage of that. Also PR. So <clears throat> Google Consumer Surveys is a great way to do a survey at a low cost for a large group of people and then you can publish or visualize the survey on your site and do outreach and get links that way as well. So with Google, this is an example of one that we had done with a real estate client where we had basically done a survey during the election asking which uh, candidate would be the best roommate, um, best and worst roommate. So we went through all of the, the different uh, questions like, you know, which ones would ask to borrow money, which ones would bring up the electricity bill, et cetera, et cetera. Put all of that together in a survey, published it on the client site, got some links. There you go. An idea that you can apply um, in the real estate sector. Also, um, the surveys that we do on SEJ that Anna Crow does, uh, one of our great staff writers, she goes out and surveys our group and our audience and then publishes them as posts. Again, this is something you can do. If you have an audience, customer base, you can use Google Consumer Surveys to target specifically to your town or state and bring in great material at a very low cost to then um, use with outreach, press releases, uh, maybe go on the radio show and talk about it, whatever it may be. Also, speaking of radio shows, one thing that's really out there um, that's a great opportunity as well are podcasts. So there are a lot of DIY. You know, everyone likes really putting everything into the DIY label, but if you look at most of these podcasts, they're about homes. They're about remodeling. They're about craft, uh, crafting around the home. Here's even an AM um, station, answers to your home improvement questions. So these aren't necessarily DIY, right? These are, these are podcasts about remodeling homes, about bringing in whatever it is, about plumbing. Take the time to learn which podcasts are out there, and when you produce great content, then take that content, write about it, send an email to the producers of these podcasts, linking to your infographic, linking to your study, and tell, linking to the local YouTube video of you talking at the local radio station and position yourself as an expert and ask when you can get a slot in on their podcast. They might not all say yes, but not all of them are going to say no, right? So a couple of chances. And also typically when you're on a podcast, like even uh, marketing nerds or search engine nerds, people link to you. So that's a great opportunity as well. Besides plumbing, um, we looked at some other industries out there that people said are boring. One that came up was pest control. Excuse me for a second. So when someone um, wrote pest control in the comments, the first thing I, I thought about was uh, bulwark exterminating, right? So about maybe six or seven years ago, this dude named Thomas Ballantine, or Ballantine started showing up at SEO conferences with pest control oriented SEO t-shirts. And also I think he started printing out um, some of the uh, things that people were sharing on Twitter, putting it on t-shirts and giving it to people. On the back it would say Bork Pest Control. He also started speaking at search conferences, presenting at search conferences, writing on search blogs like SEJ and Moz, um, speaking at PubCon. And if you look around, this guy's almost everywhere. Uh, in the world of search. But what he's done really well is by finding a new industry to become an expert
for them. If you look at their backlink portfolio, there are a lot of search and marketing sites linking back to Bulwark exterminating as being a professional site to look at as an example in the world of pest control marketing, which I thought was really smart. Actually, according to uh, Majestic, they have over a thousand domains pointing to them, which is remarkable, especially for a local pest control site. So just by thinking outside of the box and getting involved, especially if there's someone at your company that loves this kind of stuff, they've really built themselves and built their brand and their authority. Another thing they did that was very smart was they ended up, I guess, buying Ants.com and they turned Ants.com into an entire content uh, resource destination all about ants. And they have this really cool interactive ant guide on the site that I was looking at this morning and when my six-year-old walked into the room, it's all he wanted to do was look and learn about every different type of ant. It's a great, great tool. I highly recommend going to ants.com, not only to learn about ants, but also to look at just a great example of a company that, yeah, they have a great domain like ants.com, but they really turned it into something because there's a lot of great domains out there that, that really aren't anything. Um, and then at the bottom, it says published by Bulwark Exterminating, right? So the site that they've made, this, this microsite experience, links back to them. It helps with their authority. It's great linking. It's a great idea. Not everyone can do this, but it's a goal, right? Air conditioning repair. A lot of you said, hey, I'm in the air conditioning space. I don't know how to get links, right? So a lot of the plumbing examples, I hope that like as I was going over them, the gears were turning in your brain, and you're like, hey, I can do that for air conditioning. Um, same thing here. So there's um, sites like Environmental News Network. Uh, they, they, they take content that's about energy saving, right? So by replacing old air conditioning with new air conditioning, or maybe sequencing and scheduling how your air conditioner works, you can save energy and the environment at the end of the day. So why not contribute to that? And I'm only bringing them up because I've done content in the past that they picked up. It's been very similar. Also, um, I found an air conditioning facts and history infographic. You might say, hey, that's pretty boring, a boring infographic about air conditioning facts for a boring industry like air conditioning. Not necessarily. It was picked up by business to community, which is a pretty popular business to business site. And there's a lot of large businesses in the air conditioning space. So I'm sure a lot of them are very interested in this. And luckily, this company's name is the air conditioning company. So when they get links back to them from a branded perspective, they're great links. Um, and again, lots of guest blogging opportunities out there in the world of um, energy saving. Other ideas you can look at from an air conditioning perspective. How long does it take for mold and bacteria to grow uh, in your apartment after the air conditioner shuts off? Um, what happens to ventilation systems if you don't uh, replace your air filters? Energy saving tips for new air conditioners versus 1990s air conditioners. Um, what the difference is uh, when you're sleeping in room temperature via versus hot summer air. Um, average delivery and repair response times by industry. I really like this idea because what you can do is if you're an air conditioner company, you can be like, hey, here's how long it typically takes a pizza to get to your house. Here's how long it takes an Uber to get to your house. 
here's how long it takes an air conditioner to repair people to get to your house. And really look at um, response times and put together a nice graph. I think people would share it. So there's a great free idea that all of you can use. And whoever does it first and with the best design is going to get the best reward from it. Carpet cleaning. I only have about five or ten minutes left. So um, I will say that one of the first clients that I ever worked on was Empire Today. Uh, if you don't know them, you probably know their jingle, 1-800-588-2300-EMPIRE. Um, and I, the reason I got them as a client was because I wrote a post on SEJ back in 2007 about how they needed marketing help after I ordered their carpet. And they called me. And they're like, hey, sounds like you know what you're talking about. Let's do some work together. So I started working with Empire today. Um, if you're in the carpet cleaning or new carpet installation or carpet repair biz, a lot of the sites that I went into plumbing, you know, are relevant, right? Home and house. Uh, also, look at real estate blogs and agents with content out there because they really need it. So contribute to real estate sites. Uh, carpets and noise pollution. So anyone that's in a condo that's second floor or above needs carpets. You can talk about that. And really look into the marketing that Empire Today and Luna have done on radio and TV, traditional marketing get some ideas. So I think that will be helpful as well for you. Law firms, again, go to Google and search for DUI infographic. All kinds of good stuff out there. And what I like about Google image search now is it divides it into categories, right? So you have like road safety, alcohol awareness, accidents, etc, etc. 95% of these probably are lawyers, right? Um, so by producing content that other people will probably pick up, it's very helpful. And for those of you that are in uh, DIY, DUI uh, legal space, it's very localized. And you'll see here there's a DUI in Virginia, Louisiana DWI, whatever, state by state by state. So if you're doing a piece for your site and you're in local law, don't be afraid to put together local graphics because they actually help you with reaching out to local radio stations and local publications as well. Same with slip and fall. I was really surprised how many slip and fall infographics are out there. Not just like stats about slip and fall injuries, but maybe how to land if you do a slip and fall, or how you can clean up your floors uh, in your store so there's no slip and fall. And then also, you know, different rights that businesses have, or different rights that uh, I guess victims or the injured have during a slip and fall. So again, just go to Google and search for these terms and the word infographic and look at the not only the art but more importantly the sites that have picked them up and linked back to them. And then two big recommendations I have for you if you're in the real estate space. First of all go to Realty Times. If you're a real estate agent you can register with them and all you have to do is be in the realty space you can upload content, you can link back to your site, and really get great links from one of the most well-known realty sites out there. Also, there's a great site that's more real estate investment oriented that I know of. It's called biggerpockets.com. It's really one of the leaders out there in this space, and they allow, they allow topics from agents, mortgage brokers, lenders, credit lenders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Seriously, go to this site, Check it out. Check out what your competition or others are contributing and sign up to be a guest blogger. Opportunities are out there. You just really have to take, just do them. So that's the end of my presentation for today.
we're going to go into some Q&A, but I'll tell you, as a follow-up, um, if you need some help on the linking side, if you're in real estate, SaaS, B2B, law, finance, local, hit me up. It's lauren at searchenginejournal.com or lauren at fdgtl.co. That's a clever shortener for Foundation Digital. Or just ping me on Twitter. If I can't help you, I'll introduce you to people who can, and we'll produce some great links for you on your SEO side and really get you in good hands. So please, 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 any questions you have, fill them in on the question box here or hit me up afterwards, and we're always here to help. Thank you very much. Yay, thank you, Lauren. Uh, that was great. A lot of cool info, especially ants.com. That's awesome. I love ants.com. <laughs> When my, when, uh, when my kid gets home from school today, it's the first thing he wants to do is check out ants.com. <laughs> I was telling Caitlin, our social producer, that I've always wanted an ant farm, and she said she did too. So, so we'll see. I need to make it happen. All right. So before we get to the questions, we have a lot of great questions from you guys. Um, don't miss our next webinar. It's about link building as well. So it's called Link Building Metrics, Managing Product projects, excuse me, and SEOs on Wednesday, uh, February 22nd at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, that is a sponsored webinar by Page One Power. Um, Cody Cahill will be uh, doing that and Lauren will be moderating. Uh, Page One Power has done webinars for us before and always um, do a great job. So that'll be really interesting. Uh, I like yeah. And Janice will be linking to the sign up registration page for that in the chat box if you guys want to sign up now. All right, so that being said, let's get to the questions. Um, so uh, we're also still taking tweets and everything um, on the hashtag SEJThinkTank as well. So uh, let's see, I'm pulling up some questions to look over. Bring them on. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, Maureen, Maureen has a good question. Um, a lot of what you, the examples you gave are B2C. What about B2B industries like manufacturing or metal fabrication? Yeah, so, um, in, in man, okay, so that's kind of similar to the plastics fabrication thing. Um, I would say that in metal fabrication, you know, it gives you the opportunity to, at least from a content perspective, really talk about how that works, how different blends are important, what kind of metals are more malleable, um, when I think of metal fabrication, I think of like all the chopper shows <laughs> yeah. that used to be popular about five years ago. Like, those are the coolest shows because whether it was Monster Garage or East Coast or West, I can't remember the names of them, West Coast Choppers with the Polly and his dad used to fight all the time. So um, they would go to, every episode they would go to a metal fabrication plant and get like a custom fender or muffler or whatever it is. So like really looking at the types of metals um, that you can use, uh, how not, like I would love to see a chart of that, uh, whether it's an infographic or just a long piece, there's so much you can do out there. And on the B2B side, actually a lot of the examples that I gave were kind of B2B. So you had like business to community, you had contributing um, content to Chamber of Commerce, you had um, things in Realty Times, which is B2B and B2C. Um, so really looking at what the publications are in your industry that reach where your customers go, if that makes sense. And also the publications in your customers industry. So, you know, go and do a list of which industries all your customers are in, right? 
it, if it's mm -hmm. metal fabrication, you may find a, a lot of them are in specific manufacturing. Oh, also, manufacturing jobs are coming back to the U.S. So it's 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 a trend. It's not going to stop anytime soon. You have states that are giving great cuts to manufacturers to move their factories from abroad back to the U.S. You have a, um, abroad businesses that have decided to move their factories into the U.S. and start, um, instead of shipping product, making it here. So there's all kinds of content that you can do around it. It's very great content. It's a little bit controversial right now. It's something that's been on the minds and, um, you know, that a lot of people have been talking about for the past six months and look into doing some content around that. Like all the state-by-state state benefits of moving your manufacturing business to that state, whether it's Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, uh, the Toyota, they just moved from um, LA to uh, Dallas suburb. So state-by-state state comparisons of tax breaks, credits, et cetera, et cetera. All that information will be great for, for the manufacturing space. Yeah, definitely. And may and focusing maybe on sourcing or if the, your company takes pride in being American made, um, that could be something, an angle to yeah. use for content as well. All right. So yeah. uh, Rachel has a question that I get a lot from people that I meet, especially in the B2B space or who haven't done a lot with link building or content marketing or outreach. Um, so I'm just going to read her her question as she uh, wrote it. So um, I noticed that the Young Professionals blog has some posts clearly labeled guest blog. How detrimental to SEO is it when guest blogs are labeled as guest author sponsored content or some other variation? Well, it, it's not because mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> okay, so guest blogs and sponsored content are two different things. And I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed it too when I was doing the research. Guest blogs are more so that I've written a post and I'd like to give it to you organically without payment for you to share. It helps your site out and it helps position me as being an expert. Now, um, years back, right, there was this wave of people in the world of SEO that suddenly became experts at everything. <laughs> and if you looked at the Google Plus profile and if you looked at the sites that they contributed to, they were experts at every single industry that they did SEO work for. Um, and that's something that you want to stay away from. You want to only focus on your specific industry and or industries that are relevant. So if I look back at the pest control example, what Thomas has done really well and his team has done really well is they focused on the pest control industry and they focused on positioning themselves as being experts by utilizing their own case studies on Moz, SEJ, other locations as well. So that's, that's really good. If you're doing anything that's sponsored, right, um, what Google wants the sites to do is if you're paying for that, one, use a new follow link, no follow link, and then two, have a disclaimer that that post has been paid for. It's not going to negatively affect your SEO, um, but it's going to positively affect your marketing. And if you look at SEJ, we do sponsored posts, advertorials, etc., with advertisers, and those are clearly labeled as being sponsored, and we do not send the link juice back to them but we introduce their solutions to a highly targeted audience of potential buyers. And that's what they're looking for, and that's what you should be looking for with sponsored posts. 
Yeah, and uh, Rachel, it is required by the FTC um, that if you're paying for any link, um, any type of placement or mention on any type of website, that needs to be disclosed. So um, all of you guys out there, if, if an agency does come to you and say, hey, we can get you a link that doesn't say sponsored, um, you know, a follow link on Forbes or something like that, and you're paying for it, that's technically against FTC guidelines. And I would strongly advise against that. And I, I think too, when it comes to your consumer, whether you're B2B or B2C, I would rather know if someone was, you know, paying versus trying to hide that they paid, you know? So, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, and it's actually a requirement for, to have that disclosure if there is a financial agreement in place as well. All right, so moving on, um, Justin had um, a question about infographics. With so many DUI infographics out there, why make another one? Do people care that much about infographics anymore? Uh, yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> it's a question of making it different and having something special that other people don't have. First of all, a lot of the DUI ones that I showed do not have the best design out there. Secondly, an infographic has little value if it lives in its own little space by itself. Um, it typically should be paired or grouped with a resourceful article, video, slide share, etc., etc. Why? Because if you're if you're on a legal team, right, and you get a lead in from someone who's got a DUI the night before, you can run through, send them that slide share, send them that infographic on how things help, um, et cetera, et cetera. So not only do visuals like that benefit things on the linking side, but they can also benefit you on the sales side as well. Because at the end of the day, you're just selling your legal services to someone that got pulled over after drinking too much, right? So that kind of visual helps them make that decision and still positions you as being um, the right person for the job to help them out legally. Uh, secondly, um, in, the, uh, in, in the second legal example that I had, um, most of the, uh, well, DUI and slip and fall, most of, uh, some of them were localized. And a while back, I worked on a project with a uh, legal firm that only really wanted to get links from the state of Texas. And I remember having this conversation and this argument with some other people I was working on the project with, is they said, oh, if, if we, if we uh, do this and it's locally based, then you know, no one's going to pick it up. Uh, HuffPo's not going to pick it up. This site's not going to pick it up. But they didn't care about that. What they cared about was having something that they could go out to local radio stations about, local newspapers about, local this, local that. So sometimes, especially in the world of legal, and especially with some smaller local publications, they're not getting pitched all the time. So they actually like the point that someone's put together a resourceful piece that's just about their localized location because laws are different everywhere. Um, and that resulted in a TV station in their Texas town covering the infographic on the air and linking to it. So it was a big win. Um, not only for the client, but also from an argument perspective with the folks that were naysayers in terms of being able to get 
something that's locally targeted like that, hyper-locally targeted, picked up. And then the client used it for sales, so win-win scenario. And yes, there's still value in infographics, but they have to be part of a larger, um, a larger marketing campaign, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. Um, okay, there's a lot of questions, and I'll, we're not going to get to all of them today. So don't hesitate to reach out to Lauren. Um, Janice put his email address in the chat box if you want to ask him questions. Um, so I'm going to ask you this question because I think um, it needs to be answered. Uh, Daniel is asking, we have more than 100 clients in the same industry but different markets. If we're submitting content to a blog, how do we make sure that we're not being spammy by submitting the same content 100 times? Well, you don't want to submit the same content 100 times. So <laughs> yep. I think you're going to have to backtrack <laughs> look at your overall SEO strategies. If you have 100 different clients with all having the same site with very similar content, and the same um, blog posts, et cetera, et cetera, first of all, you're probably running into all kinds of Google issues right now. Um, I had someone talk to me yesterday. They were basically franchising out um, subdomains, right? So they have a brand, and they have like localtownsubdomainbrand.com, and they go to all these different agents all over the country and try to sell the subdomains. So I looked at them. And they all have the same exact content, except for the person's face. And I'm like, you're basically spamming Google right now. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you've broken a, a bunch of rules, and we're going to have to step back. You're going to have to have to work with your local agents that you've already sold this to and get them to provide original content, or you provide original content. Um, you know, when Penguin and Panda rolled out, it basically took away a lot of those mass copy and paste, mass distribution shortcuts that people were using in the world of search. And some people still use it, they still get away with it, but slowly with each iteration and update and live update, that stuff is becoming, or is losing and losing and losing value. So what I would say is that, you know, there are some examples that I gave that are good for mass linking, um, one being uh, local listings, right? The second being uh, local classifieds in each area. I even work with a site right now. We've identified uh, little league teams, baseball, soccer, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and all of their geolocations to sponsor. And it took a lot of research to put that together, but it's working fairly well. Um, that's that's more of a sponsorship play than an SEO play, but anyway. Um, what you can do is look at ways to scale out original stuff and you know, taking 20 of your uh, clients and selling them a blog distribution package where they all have original content makes sense. You're charging them for that, putting together great content for them, they approve it, maybe you're ghostwriting, you're helping them distribute, but having the same article distributed in 100 times in the same place just sounds like you're using old school article directories, which uh, Google hates, and um, it may end up really biting you in the long run. Yep, I agree. Um, okay, well, I think that's all we the time we have. Um, Lauren, thank you so much. A lot of awesome examples and ideas, so appreciate the time. And again, uh, feel free to reach out, and I'll be addressing um, most of the questions that came in. 
uh, we'll be sending that out uh, via email or whatever along with the recap. All right. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for coming. Again, this is Kelsey Jones and Lauren Baker with Search Engine Journal. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.